Come on in. Thank you, Sean. So, those of you that are still outside, you might want to come in if you're planning on it. We're going to get started right away. We have been doing this meeting um, this entire year, opening with a prayer. And Chaplain Lee was feeling a little under the weather today, so he's not here, but Wayne has agreed to come up and open. This is daunting. Hey, woo! This is daunting. Everybody stand to your feet and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, thank you that we could come together. We ask you and we invite your presence into our presence. Are we good? <laughs> thank you, God. Guide us and lead us and teach us tonight and do so through your servant, Joe. Let your lights shine so much through us, God that all men see it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So welcome to New Freedom. Welcome to Position of Neutrality. And perhaps some of you, at least one of you, noticed I'm not in my normal red and black uniform. The reason that I'm in blue is that as New Freedom scales, we're rebranding. And so, because some of the first exposure people have to New Freedom is through the position of neutrality product inside the jails and prisons, we're going to brand with New Freedom. So, we're gonna be blues and purples, not reds and blacks um, in the coming days, that's why. Um, anyone in the room for the first time tonight? A few of you, very good. So welcome to First Time Visitors. Which of you are members here for the first time? All right, very good. Welcome home. Um, what we do here is perhaps a little different than other meetings of other fellowships you may have attended. Um, we just take a look at the instructions for a step or so a week directly out of this book, and we use this book in 12-step recovery. Why? Because The process described by the authors of this book has been proven to work for addicts of the hopeless variety, addicts to alcohol and other substances. Yes? So, so what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to try and show you how I find my experience in the book and encourage you to have your experience with the book. And if we both do our job, we will share a spiritual experience in this room tonight. How many of you have been here before and know that's what we do? Yeah. All right, so for those of you online, they raise their hands. The anonymous nature of our fellowships, you don't get to see that. But we raise our hands to say, yes, in 12-step recovery, we share a spiritual experience, and it is a sensory experience. It's tangible. You'll feel it. And when you do, I'll know, and I'll call it to your attention, because we would teach you to talk to you about the power we call God. With without giving you a demonstration of that power. Yes? yes? And tonight we're going to take a look at steps 10 and 11. Oh, good, we got some fans of 10 and 11. So steps 10 and 11, regardless of what you might have thought in, in AA's practice and discipline, is simply a conscious walk with that power within you. 
Anyone know what I'm talking about? Have any of you understood over time that when they talk about improving consciousness of this power, we're not talking about signal from on high, we're talking about intuition, thought, vision from within. Yes? Which is why I want to improve consciousness, awareness of being aware, because I still think and perceive like Joe, but when I'm conscious, I act more like him. Not Joe. <laughs> Which is the goal. Does that make sense? Okay. So we're going to start on page 83. Because we've got we to gotta lead in to where we're headed, right? So we're at the bottom of page 83. This is, if you, any, any of you ever been to AA meeting before? A few of you? So in a lot of AA halls around the country, you'll see these phrases hung on the wall, and some of them are labeled the promises, or the 12 promises I've even seen. But what they really are is the ninth step promises, and they're talking about a state of being that at a certain level of consciousness you will experience. And the reason we want to call that to your attention is that's why I'll want to seek to improve consciousness because it's this progressive freedom I was seeking from my progressive illness. Does that make sense? Okay. So it says, if we're painstaking about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed before we're halfway through. So what phase are they talking about? Do you guys agree with Sean? Okay, so, so I learned practice in 4 through 9. Now I'm about to get disciplined in said practice. Yes? Okay. And then it says we're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. What do they mean by new? Unlike anything I've experienced before, right? Some people think it's freedom from chemicals. Yes, but that is, that's unfamiliar, but for most of us, it's not completely new. Yes? But what did I ask for in three? Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. So the new freedom and the new happiness is that I'm getting free of me, my limiting thoughts, so I'm free to be me, this expression of the divine. Does that make sense? How many of you have started to have that happen? Maybe you don't like my choice of words, but you just turned into a better being as a result of... Yes? Okay. All right, so, so it says, we'll not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Why not? How many of you are newer to the process and you still have some regrets about the past? Okay, so, so to you we want to talk about you're starting to see purpose in the past, yes? And as you get to employ that past to lift up somebody else, and you get to see them walk out in victory from a condition you once thought you were chained to, you'll start to have a progressive experience of, wow, I'm glad I went through that, because I would not have wanted to miss this. Does that make sense? Okay. And then it says, we'll comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. Check the words they're using, because they agreed on every word. They were very intentional. Comprehend serenity. How does one comprehend a state of being? Only through experience could I comprehend that. Yes? And then it says, I will know peace. A very 
similar experience, right? How would I know peace? We could talk about peace. I could have thoughts about peace. But how many of you felt unfamiliar with the calm within you and even questioned why you weren't responding the way you thought you should respond? That's what it means to know peace. When someone says, why aren't you angry about that? Don't want to be. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Okay, so this is, this is states of being. This is what we're growing into. This is what we want to improve upon. Does that make sense? Okay, and then it says, no matter how far down the scale we've gone, we'll see how our experience can benefit others. That sounds like a rather drastic promise. How many of you got taken out of society for a long period of time? How many of you got forgotten by most of your contemporaries because of it? Some people would say that's pretty far down the scale. How many of you came here and within days you saw how that experience was going to lift somebody else up? How many of you are pretty encouraged how many thousands of lives you're going to touch now that you're ready to walk in it? Yeah. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. How many of you have already started to experience some of that? You don't even have to get into the step experience as much as just agree to let somebody walk with you a little bit. But the more of this discipline you get in, the more of this you'll realize. Am I making sense to you? So we'll lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. How many of you used to be driven by how you could get, what am I getting out of this? How many of you have made a lot of decisions lately that had nothing to do with what you were getting and a whole bunch about what you might be able to pour into a situation? Self-seeking will slip away. So that kind of goes with the first, yeah? Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Any of you get to a place where you realize there was a rhythm to life and that it's, it's okay for things to just maybe not be okay, but for me to move through it because I know there's a moment coming where I'm going to get to use this discipline? Okay. So this says fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. How many of you have been able to engage with people when you couldn't before? I see some people that come with the experience of homelessness and what have you, the incarceration, where you just don't talk to anyone, you don't make eye contact, and then you're here for a little bit, and pretty soon you're walking a little bit looser, and you're looking at people, and you're smiling. I see it in recovery. I see it in here. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Okay. That's, that's that promise coming true. And then it says, we'll intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. Intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. I could give thousands of examples, but probably the most poignant one for me is 90% of the things I used to react to really required no reaction on my part. And I found I was in a lot less conflict when I found that most of you weren't as interested in my opinion as I was. (laughs) And we'll suddenly realize that God is doing... (laughs) That's really good. For those of you joining us online, when I say God, they say... So, God is doing for us 
what we could not do for ourselves. This power that we've been introduced to and are now improving consciousness of is doing things through me that I could not even have imagined not so long ago. And I know that's true for many, many people in this room. I'm watching Wayne get ready to cry again. <laughs> Threw you right under the bus, bud. So then they go into, are these extravagant promises? Why did they put that? They are. And I like people, because we read right past the, we think not, but we don't understand why the authors thought it necessary to say that. Because in addiction, we sometimes spun some tales, did we not? Maybe we embellished things a bit. Anybody? Okay. So what they're trying to tell us is a book written by us for us is, no shit, guys. I know this sounds crazy, but God is doing for me what I could not do. Right? That's what they're trying to say with that kind of emphasis. Okay. And they're, they're being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Right? So the thing to know about that promise is what is the work? Pray, meditate, pray. Pause when agitated or doubtful. Pray, meditate, pray. Yes? We're going to get through that tonight. All right. So this thought brings us to step 10. What thought? All these extravagant promises will materialize, even for a wretch like me, if I'll just progress. Yes? Okay. So which suggests that we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. So I'm gonna, if I'm going to continue, when did I start? Personal inventory? When did I start doing a personal inventory? When they showed me step four, yes? And when did I learn to set right mistakes? I made the list in four, formalized it in eight, started going out and making approaches in nine, yes? So I'm going to continue doing that. And when am I going to continue doing that? As I go along, right? That's when I screw shit up, is as I go along. Yeah? Okay. So we vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. Vigorously commence this way of living. So when did they last talk to us about a manner of living? They told us that in that hopeful chapter 5, how it works. Those who do not recover are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Internal honesty, yes? And so what they're now telling me is this is that manner of living they talked to me about hopefully in five when they gave me a summary, the Cliff's Notes, if you will, and now they're going to give me precise instructions going forward. Yes? Okay. So it says our next function, oh, we have entered the world of the Spirit. I like the emphasis, we have entered the world of the Spirit. Half of them were atheists or agnostics in the beginning. But they're being very emphatic. We have entered the world of the spirit. So I would ask people that are trying to grasp it, what does it mean to enter the world of the spirit? Yeah? 
You start walking in those nine-step promises. How many of you went along with me as I went through those nine-step promises and realized you were experiencing them? That's what it's like to have entered the world of spirit. To start being aware that you're aware that there's a power in and on you that's a positive change for others. Yes? Okay. So our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. So understanding of what? Effectiveness at what? There could be another, let's ask a few more questions, right? Lance, when they don't answer right away, Lance, we got to pry it out of them. How many of you have grown in understanding of yourself as having an illness or something as you've learned more about the condition? How many of you have grown in understanding of other people as you've had people care about you for no particular reason, just because you were a people? How many of you have grown in understanding of this power we call God once people pointed you to the experience of God rather than the theology? Any of you know what I'm talking about? When you started talking about the reality within, the subject of my experience rather than the object of my belief. Did you grow in understanding? And effectiveness at what? Do you agree with him? They'll go in detail in the next lesson next week about what we really go in effectiveness with, but that's probably exactly right. We start to realize that life is just life, and we're not immune to ups and downs. There's a certain duality to it all. But there is a way to walk through it less challenged. Yes? Okay, so this is not an overnight matter. Why did they tell us that? How many of you want everything right now? And I wouldn't necessarily appreciate it, nor could I probably contain it if I got it all right now. The, the awareness I've grown up into, I would have exploded had I received it at once. I'm pretty sure. It would sound like one of those, I don't know, echo chambers or something. All right, so um, it should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. So if I'm going to continue, when did I start? Sean and I have been doing this shtick for I don't know how many years now. Sean always contends in four. I contend that I learned to recognize it in four. But I was pretty good at spotting selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear in you all my life. My problem was I did not realize I was looking through the lens of my thoughts. So as I grew up, I realized that I really didn't know whether it was you I was seeing or my thoughts about you I was seeing. But what I did learn is I suffered more from my thoughts than I did from your actions because it went on and on and on. So it became really important to me to separate my thoughts from the situation and the product of that was I became a better servant. But for selfish reasons, I suffered less. Does that make sense? Because I'm guessing no matter what you think of me, you probably don't think of me quite as often as I think of me. Okay, so when these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. I like the emphasis on power there, because you're not, if you think this is a theology, you'll never get in discipline here. 
If you don't know that that power, peace, happiness, sense of direction will come when summoned, you won't summon. Yes? So, it said when these crop up, not if these crop up. So they're acknowledging my human condition. Selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, fear are going to crop up. But when they do, don't assume something outside of you is causing it. Where's the main problem of the, in the mind? Where's the solution found? Deep down inside. So neither the problem nor the solution are external. So what I've got to do is get the perspective right so I can get through the moment, no matter how difficult the interaction with you is. Does that make sense? Okay. So... We ask God at once to remove them, and we discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. I don't have, yeah, turn our thoughts. I can't help me. I can see your plight when I can't see my own. So if I'll turn my thoughts to you, then power will flow through me because we get access to more power than we need when we turn our thoughts to others. That's the jam. And this, so if you ever wanted to know what principles we practice in all our affairs, there they are. Watch, ask, discuss, turn. Not the long list written 15 years later. I know people read that book and want everyone to read that book, and it's fine to read that book, but... The principles that are written in here are the principles they're talking about because this book was written 15 years early by a collection of people. And so it's watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask at once to remove them, make amends promptly if we've harmed anyone, and then resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. I'm here to serve, I'm here to serve, I'm here to serve. Even in difficult times, yeah? And I know for those of you who are sitting out there going, well, that's just bullshit. <laughs> yes, it seems so. But as you grow up in it, you will realize it's easier than trying to fight for your space. Because you're just fighting with your thoughts. You're not changing their mind a bit. Then it says, love and tolerance of others is our code. So love what? Tolerate what? You agree with Sean? Love the people, tolerate the symptoms of their malady, just as I hope they'll tolerate the symptoms of mine when they manifest. And manifest they will. Yes? Okay. So, another set of promises, less familiar, perhaps. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. For by this time, sanity will have returned. My friend Tyler likes to point out to people, if you're still fighting... You're doing it wrong. <laughs> Guys, you're fighting with illusions. We all fight with illusions. If we're an addict of the hopeless variety, we will lose. We will medicate because it's too painful in this world, unmedicated, if we're not moving in power. Yes? Sanity, by this time, sanity will have returned. And two, I was just hoping for that. What is insanity? Mm. 
Yeah, they talk about an appalling lack of perspective. They talk about the inability to think clearly. But really, my world gets very small when I'm in an addictive cycle, yes? And your world gets bigger when you're here to serve. And you're part of something. Okay. So we'll seldom be interested in liquor. How many of you have started to experience that you're not into that constant obsession to go medicate? How many of you have still had sometimes something come on you and you think, hmm, that'd be nice. Okay, so that won't happen often, but there's a promise for you too if it still happens every once in a while. If tempted, we recoil us from a hot flame. Think about now, this is a great time in Phoenix. Very temperate weather. Any of you ever leaned on a car this time of year? Do you notice how no one had to remind you to get off of it? No, you recoiled as from a hot flame, didn't you? That is our response to synthetic spirits when we're in fit spiritual condition. Does that make sense? Okay. So we react sanely and normally, and we'll find this has happened automatically. To Tyler's point again, if you're struggling, then you'll never find that it's happening automatically. It had to be removed. My fear of every situation, of people and economic insecurity, of freedom from my desires that cause my strife in the world had to be removed from me. I didn't even know what they were. It wasn't until I started serving other people I learned what my old ideas were. It says, we will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. How many of you have gotten to a place with alcohol and drugs that while its effect on people is very discouraging at times, we don't really have a war with the chemical that, I mean, I can only tell you for me, I did a lot of, I mean, better living through chemistry was my thing. And I would have to tell you, those drugs and alcohol, uh, they always did what they were supposed to do. I needed more and more of it. And it sometimes got complex to achieve where I was trying to get. So that's the miracle of it. We're not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. So that's where we're trying to get, where we can operate in the world. This is not a sensory friendly environment, so I'm going to have to improve consciousness of who I really am so that I can move about in the world without being overpowered by the world. Yes? So we feel as though we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. The name, people often ask me, how'd you come up with that name? Right there, page 85. We feel as though we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. That's an experience that many of you probably have known, but it was unfamiliar and you weren't able to put it into words. But think about how that... Many of you were hypervigilant for years, yes? And it was really hard sometimes to rest, and if it got quiet, it was worse. And all of a sudden, some of that goes away. And nothing's really changed other than something in you has shifted, Yes? I'm not talking just to people who experience incarceration. I'm talking to anyone who's come back from 
an addictive disorder and gone through the struggles that entails, yes? So we've not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. So what's the problem? Driven by fear, yeah? Okay. So it does not exist for us. We're neither cocky nor are we afraid. To some degree, the fears have been removed from me as I've learned how to navigate the world and walk consciously with this power within me. Yes? That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. So who's the we they're talking about? The first 100. And notice how we shifted from past tense, this is what we did, to present tense, this is what we do. But if you're not getting this outcome, it's because you're not doing what they do, not because they're wrong. We got a lot of time, well, I don't do that. Okay, but no one's following your book. It's okay. If you want to do Sean's Anonymous, go forth and prosper. You were the first one I saw. I did Joe's Anonymous for years, sitting behind a dumpster. Rarely have we seen a person fail. Very lonely at that meeting. It's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. Seems like a simple enough statement, doesn't it? How many of you have found it's a profound statement? Any of you rested on your past accomplishments and found yourself kerfuffled? So here's what they say about that. We're headed for trouble if we do for alcohol as a subtle foe. Any of you noticed that they did not quit manufacturing alcohol and drugs in many forms simply because you sobered up? Even though they're no doubt were economically impacted by it. We're not cured of alcoholism. I want to ask yourself about that. Why'd they have to point that out? He, that's one of the reasons the doctor opined this may be a manifestation of an allergy. We're not trying to cure your allergy. If you're allergic to peanuts, don't eat any fucking peanuts. Right? If you have determined you have an abnormal reaction to alcohol, methamphetamine, cocaine, heroin, fentanyl, it'd be a good idea if you didn't do that. How many of you knew it wasn't a good idea? Did it anyway. Hence the insanity. It isn't that I didn't have a full knowledge. I used to hear people say, Insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Not alcoholic insanity. I did the exact same thing with no expectation of a different result. This is going to suck. Watch. It's going to be epic. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. So they've gotten very specific. What is a reprieve? And I ought to have lots of people in this crowd knows what that's about. We're not going to kill you today. <laughs> so I got a daily reprieve based on the maintenance of my spiritual condition. And 
how would I know what my spiritual condition was? Am I fighting anything or anyone? See how this is just a real simple operations manual for a complex machine? If I'm fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, then I am not in fit spiritual condition. I better work with another. Does that make sense? We don't have to go any further down the list, but if you're prone to spin in your own condition, well, you'll work your way through, right? But the, the condition's right there. I'm either, I'm either spiritually fit and I'm secure in the knowledge of who I am and whose I am, or I'm not. If I'm not feeling safe and protected, I had the guy that took me through the steps, I went through him in a day. And he goes, he goes, how you feeling? And I said, I don't feel safe. He said, if you don't feel safe, you are not safe. We need to keep working with you because that's what I act in. That's a manifestation of self. When I don't feel safe, I go on the attack because that's my, that's my mode. Yes? Or I go try and block consciousness. Okay. So it says every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. Which ones? Practice these principles in all our affairs. And the principles initially are... Watch, ask, discuss, turn. Now we're going to start getting them even more contained. Does that make sense? So we're going to carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. So if I'm going to carry that, what is God's will? Yeah, pretty much what's going down. Because I'm not supposed to be fighting anything or anyone, right? So now I may be a change agent, but not by judging. So I'm going to have to get right in the moment and then move into the moment, yes? Or maybe it's not about me. Any of you got, ever got into some shit that wasn't about you? But once you got in it, then it was about you? Like you're the guy with the cuffs on, anyone? Okay. All right, so here's what they say. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. Most of us do not talk in King James language. So don't get hung up in the these and thous. That's just what they did then. Um, but I want to call your attention to the fact that's what they say they do. How can I best serve? When I'm in this situation, how can I best serve? Get conscious right now in the moment. Does it make sense? And said, thy will, not mine. The not mine's in parentheses. By the time you fully awaken spiritually, that not mine, the illusion of a will apart from God's will go away. Right? There's only God's will and my opposition to it. That's it. I'm either in alignment or I'm opposing. But it doesn't change the fact that that's the will. Got it? Okay. And I'll show you where they, as they awaken where, where that goes away. So then it says, these are thoughts which must go with us constantly. When? How many of you have recognized that you think constantly even when you don't know you're thinking constantly? And then something goes by and it's either disturbing or pleasant and you seize on it, whether it's good for you or not. Everything is, everything's permissible, not everything's beneficial. Have you guys learned that? Okay. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line. All we wish, it's the proper use of the will. So there is a proper use of the will and it's in alignment with the servant heart that I've been given as a result of this encounter. Yes? I had an encounter in two. 
I made a decision to get in alignment in three. I had to look at the manifestations of self, the things that had defeated me in four. Go stake and make an amends for harms done so I could subdue the ego and empower the spirit. And by now I've got a little smaller ego and a more empowered spirit and I'm getting disciplined because I'm seeing the benefit of walking consciously with my God. Yes? The real-time benefit, not a theology, an ongoing relationship. Yes? Okay. So then when I'm moving in that, no matter how difficult it is, that's the proper use of the will. A real example for all of those of you that are here programming, imagine before there was a new freedom, what it was like to find the resources to build a new freedom. Imagine the looks on people's faces when we went to them and said, we need about 17 million bucks, we want to buy a property we want to take 400 recently released people from prison and we want to bring them all right there and it's, it's going to really be good. You needn't be the least bit fearful, neighbor. But that was God's will. And you sit in it. And the vision doesn't stop here. This is going all across the country and all around the world. And you guys are on the ground floor. So I would expect to see all of you that sit in here serving and growing in this movement when God's people get up and get free. Yes? Okay. So then it says, much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. So when they say much has already been said... Do you remember all that they said? They've talked about it and how it works. They've talked about these encounters. Bill talked about how he stood in the sunlight at last. The cool wind of a mountaintop blew through and through. He could see purpose in the moment. The fellow uh, that talked about falling from his bed to his knees and feeling an overwhelming warmth of the presence on him. They're talking about getting strength and inspiration to live that they were able to share with others. And so there's this, this whole generational thing went all the way through the 20th century. Now in the 21st century, we're touching millions of lives with this very same manner of living. Okay? So if we've carefully followed directions, we've begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. So now they're talking specifically to us. We're seeking to improve this sensory experience in and on us. How many of you have learned you know who you're supposed to talk to by the signature of the spirit you get when you talk to them? How many of you have gone to places where you know, knew, knew nobody and once you started talking to people about what was up, you could feel and you knew you knew them? That's the whole deal. We're, we're walking, there's a signature of the spirit on us. It's on you or you wouldn't have been in, put in an encounter with us. And all we're here to do, if you don't know, is to wake you up to it so you can go wake up others. Because we got this whole thing going on where we're trying to wake up a world of people. So then they say, to some extent, we become God conscious. So why some extent? There's some things worldly I'm not ready to let go of right away. Anyone else? 
And we keep determining more and more. How many of you think, I've made it, I'm at the top, and then the next, there's a whole other fucking hill. <laughs> okay, we've begun to develop this vital sixth sense. So what do they mean by vital? Necessary for life? Yeah. And they're talking about God consciousness? Power consciousness is a vital sixth sense. What are your five senses? You ever felt like you were imprisoned within the walls of your sensory experience of the world? So this vital sixth sense is the key to life because it, it lets me out of this prison of self and allows me to exist as I was intended as a free spirit. Make sense? Okay. But we must go further, and that means more action. These cats never let up, do they? The reason we, Tyler jokes about it, but the reason we laugh is you get the idea that you do a workbook somewhere, and you're one and done. Dude, I was never one and done at any trap house I ever went into. So no manner of living is going to work for me if it's a one and done. I got, it's got to be progressive like my illness. It's got to pull me in like a tractor beam. All right, so step 11 suggests prayer and meditation. A lot of people get confused about that. All we're going to learn to do, you can get into any meditative practice you want, but the AA practice is simply learning to discipline my thinker, talk to the power within me, and then listen intuitively or look in vision for what it is I'm supposed to be doing. Does it make sense? Sometimes I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing until someone shows up and I see clearly what I'm supposed to be conveying. And sometimes I get it in dream and vision and sometimes it's just a thought. Does that make sense? But I won't know any of that unless I get in these disciplines. So it says we shouldn't be shy on this matter of prayer. So they're saying if you're praying all the time, keep praying all the time. But once you've asked... Stop long enough to see if the solution presents itself. Any of you have been praying and praying and praying, just get me through this, just get me through this. Why can't you get me through this? And by the time you look around, realize you're through it. Anyone know what I'm talking about? So as you grow in that, you can ask once, right? The same way we got faith in the, in the thermostat. You go set the thermostat and you go wait for the air temperature to go up or come down. That's what you're going to do. In the spirit, too, right? Just set the thermostat. Yep, okay. All right, so said better men than we are using it constantly. It works if we have the proper attitude and work at it. So the proper attitude is? They gave us different ideas, right? They, they talked initially in the first step. They laid this spiritual toolkit at my feet, picked it up. This I did because I honestly wanted to and was willing to make the effort. But they talk about other situations where I just I'm needing to get more and more involved in service and I'm still judging any of you get to the point where you're like someone comes up and asks you for help you go oh that motherfucker is never (laughs) but that's the guy who's going to teach you the most about you because I'll guarantee you that's what they said about me and so that's why I got all the hopeless ones 
Yes. So it would be easy to be vague about this matter. How many of you have sat around in rooms for years and people were vague about this matter and you're completely lost in recovery because you didn't know what the hell they were talking about? Does it make a lot more sense when someone just breaks it down for you? Because there's no reason to be vague about it. We got an instruction manual. And the reason you want to go through the process is so you can do for another what I'm doing for you now. To show others precisely how we recovered is the main purpose of the book. And if you do this often enough, you won't need a book to show them. Yes? All right. So yet we believe we can make some definite and valuable suggestions. And that's what we're going to do next. Aren't you excited? You don't look excited. Put excited on. So it says when we retire at night, we constructively review our day. That's changed behavior for most of us, right? How many of you, when you retire at night, would destructively review your day? Or destructively review someone else's day? So what we're, we're getting to now is I need to know if I suffered, why did I suffer? If I helped, where did I help? What can I do? Does it make sense? Were we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? Why did they ask me that before I... They told me I was supposed to do that all day long as I went along. We do, many times each day, right? So this is the thing. I mean, we start thinking about waking up in the morning, and that's where we start. But the real reality is I fall asleep spiritually many times each day. And, and when you awaken me, even suddenly, rather than lashing out at you, I should bless you for awakening me. And I'll need power greater than me to do that, because I'd much rather yell. Um, okay, do we owe an apology? How many of you don't like owing apologies? Is it that you don't like owing them or you don't like making them? Because I suggest to us, most of us don't mind owing them. I'd, I'd rather owe it to you than beat you out of it. No one knows what I'm talking about? If you don't like owing an apology, then make it. Once you've made it, you don't owe it. But if you find yourself running around in resentment, it's not true that you don't like making apologies, or you don't like, you don't like owing them, you, like, you just don't like making them, which is, requires me to subdue the ego and empower the spirit. Okay, so have we kept something to ourselves which should be discussed with another person at once? So that's you're asking that question of yourself. The question mark means inward, yes? If you find that you've kept something to yourself that should be discussed with another person at once, what is your indicated action? Call your sponsor. Call your sponsor, a mentor, a trusted spiritual advisor, someone that'll hear that I owe an apology, I need to process this. Does it make sense? Okay. Were we kind and loving toward all? Now, you may be, meaning that you didn't lash out at anybody today, and that's fine for baby food, but as you grow and in, in you're into spiritual meat, what you're trying to do is take captive thoughts. So if you are kind and loving in a preponderance of your thoughts, good for you. But if that's not the case, then alcohol is a subtle foe. Does it make sense? Okay. So what could we have done better? 
If you're finding you're having unkind thoughts or actions, then the next question is, what could I do better? You go right back through the disciplines. Does that make sense? Were we thinking of ourselves most of the time? How many of you have found that a lot of times when we take offense, we think that they offended us on purpose? How many of you have found when you talk to them, they weren't thinking of you at all? It's the old story of, I don't want to pay my bills because I don't want to give them my money. Any of you ever thought that? Well, I don't want to pay my bills, but my problem is it isn't my money they're interested in, it's their money. There's a duality there. Does that make sense? Or were you thinking of what we could do for others and what we could pack into the stream of life? But we must be careful not to drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection, for that would diminish our usefulness to others. So how many of you kept something to yourself, didn't want to tell anyone, you were keeping up an appearance, and so you just got more and more isolated, more and more challenged in your thinking? Okay, so... They're warning us how it's easy to drift off into morbid reflection rather than to share the burden with somebody who can help us unpack the burden. Remember that we're trying to prove to ourselves we're connected in this power. Yes? After making our review, we ask God we ask God's forgiveness and inquire what corrective measures should be taken. So for some of you that are still growing in the whole idea of who God is and what power is and what, what we're talking about, why would I want God's forgiveness? Forgiveness is a divine act. Humans may forgive, but they have a harder time forgetting. Divine forgiveness either rearranges the meaning in my mind or removes it altogether. Think Joseph from the book of Genesis, getting released from prison after all those years of abuse and he thanks the Father for removing those memories from him. He couldn't go into his destiny carrying the baggage of his past. Does it make sense? Okay. So on awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. So that's a simple prayer for those of you who don't like these and thous and prayers. Please direct my thinking, especially to be divorced of self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. You'll find if you do that on the fly when you're going into difficult situations, you'll be at peace or at least you'll be ready for the kind of interactions you're liable to have. And if nothing else, you'll get through it. You don't have to believe me. Try it. Try it. Um, says, under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance, for after all, God gave us brains to use. So if I employ my mental faculties with assurance, that means maybe for the first time in my life that my mind is now working for me and I'm working for God. Make sense? And the converse is also true. If I am not employing my mental faculties, my mental faculties are employing me. Do you understand what I'm talking about? 
Any of you just got in a bad thought cycle, thought and emotion, and everything looked like the past or fear of the future, and pretty soon you just want to quit your job and burn the house? And that's, that's when I'm the tool and the mind's in charge. Okay. All right, so our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. So the idea is all of life is lived out in our thought lives. That's a fact. And we just need to continue to accept every new moment as a new moment without judgment from the past or desire for the future and see what I'm there to serve because I'm not there to get anything anyway. I'm there to see what I can bring to it. Does that make sense? So we're trying to get the thought life at a higher plane so that all these desires quit warring within me. Yeah? From the book of James, those of you that are students of that other book. Um, in thinking about our day, we may face indecision. Does that ever happen to any of you? What do you guys do when you face indecision? Yeah, a lot of us, you know, get spun, start running and make hasty decisions, right? So they're talking about what they do in, in discipline. It says, we may not be able to determine which course to take here. We ask God for inspiration. And then they, the prayer is, God, inspire me. And the meditation is, it comes to me as an intuitive thought or decision. You understand? On the fly. Not sitting in a room. That's a whole other thing. That's not an AA discipline. As I go through the day, positive and agitated or doubtful, this is what they're talking about. When I can't see what to do or I'm not moving forward in a positive way or I'm stuck in a thought loop, then I'm going to, God, inspire me, and then chill, and it'll come to me an intuitive thought or a decision. Does that make sense? And then it says we relax and take it easy. Why? Because I'll keep asking because I'm demanding now. And now isn't, it's going to come just as soon as I quit deciding what me, the finite, needs instead of what the infinite knows is needed. Does that make sense? So we don't struggle. Back to Tyler's point. Even when I'm just asking for inspiration, I don't struggle because I will get in the way of my inspiration. Not that I'll stop whatever's happening from happening. I'll miss the moment that I'm getting instruction. We're often surprised how the right answers come after we've tried this for a while. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it's not probable that we're going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption in all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. Guys, they're telling you that when you think you're acting in the spirit, you're still going to have to do that because sometimes you're not right. And you'll at least grow in humility. And sometimes you are right and you won't get the... A spiritual experience that's there for you unless you moved into it on faith. Am I making any sense to you? Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration we come to rely upon it. So they're talking to you as you grow in the Spirit and you're walking in the Spirit. 
even though all the evidence says you're crazy, you stand on it and say, nope, I got my instruction and I'm standing on that word. Any of you here at the end of last year? Any of you know what happened to us at the end of last year? Most of you that are staff, we, we thank God every day for you guys because there is no evidence of anyone I know who survived a shutdown of all the finances from access. But we knew we would because we knew we were a movement of the Almighty. And that is, that's one thing for me to say, but I'm telling you, I got staff all over this room who had job offers every day. Nah, I ain't moving out of God's power. I'm staying right here. And thank you very much. We appreciate your faith. Things are looking better now, though, aren't they? Guys? So we usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We're careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. For those of you who haven't done this yet, you may not easily see why, but the reason is we often want our circumstances to change because we misperceive that our circumstances meant to change us, not, does that make sense? So you'll get delivered through your circumstance, and you'll learn that as you grow. Um, if circumstances warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. If we belong to a religious denomination which requires a definite Morning devotion, we attend to, intend to that also. If not members of religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers which emphasize the principles we've been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Not that they're right, but where they're right. They're discussing a very similar experience. We're both seeking the same power. Let's... let's Figure out what they've documented and see how our experience aligns with it. Make use of what they offer. Now we're in some more instructions. As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. So pray, meditate, pray. Pause when agitated or doubtful. And then constantly remind ourselves that we're no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, thy will be done. Remember I promised you I'd show you as you awakened there would be no more illusion of a will apart from God. Thy will be done. That's where we're going to stop. Thank you very much.